The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I could not be asked to put my makeup on today. I just like did not want to. I don't want to. I don't care. And if you're watching this as a video as opposed to listening to this as a podcast, you will see that I don't have makeup on. And I thought, what better, what better time than now to talk about accepting yourself and your looks. I've talked about it before. I'm in a moment right now, I'm nine months pregnant. So this isn't even the cutest I've felt. My hair is up, it's not out. I'm not hiding behind any blankets, as in like, what, what I call them is like blankets, like when my hair is out, it's a blanket for me. Like when I'm wearing like a nice shirt, maybe I'm just wearing a black vest. Maybe when I'm feeling super fit and active, but right now I'm nine months pregnant, so the water retention is real. And I thought, wow, what a better time than now than to talk about something I've wanted to talk about often, and that is how to love the way you look. Because we've talked about how to be confident. We've talked about how to come across this, how to make him upset, how to do this, that, and the other thing. But the reality is, as a woman in this world, and as a man, if you're watching this, it's about guys too. If you don't love the way you appear, it's sometimes really hard to move through this world in a way that is confident. I don't care how you look at it, it is hard. And you sometimes see people who embrace their features. Like, I don't know, for example, Sarah Jessica Parker, she gets slated or used to get slated for being an average looking human being. To me, she's quite attractive, but to other people, she's an average looking human being. And look at her, she thinks she's all that. But then you watch Sex in the City and you think, wow, she is so enigmatic and so charismatic. And there's something about her that is just so incredible that you want a bit of that because it's not always about changing yourself or amping yourself up or being the perfect version, but it's about embracing those features. But we must go on to ask, which features do we embrace and what do we change? Because I find there is two schools of thought that are very opposite. One school of thought is accept yourself, doesn't matter how unhealthy or healthy you are, doesn't matter if you have got yourself to a place where you look like a toad because of your unhealthy lifestyle. If anyone's offended because they love toads, I apologize, but that is just what came to my mind. I guess from watching Thumbelina when I was young and she's like Thumbelina and the toad is the unattractive one. I don't know. But anyway, is it your lifestyle or is it your natural inborn features? Because I really don't think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there is ugly. I think there is just neglect. I think there is lack of self-love and I think there is a lack of looking after yourself. And as much as you can, when you're young, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, get away with it. As time goes on, time catches up with you. Time catches up with you. I think ironically, having been in the modeling industry, having done Miss Universe, the most attractive women are the most insecure. I have seen it throughout society. I don't know why exactly it is. And maybe other people just don't fixate on it as much. But I truly think that there is something to be said about the fact that if you have some sort of beauty that is recognized by others, you start to nitpick around every single other thing that you have because you know the value of that beauty, because I'm not gonna lie, if you're perceived as beautiful, you get things in life. And I think people who are marginally beautiful or have beauty or have been told they're beautiful or work in the modeling industry or work in industries where beauty is celebrated, they know number one, the value of it, but they also know 
the transient, transactional value of it also. They know that unfortunately as women, we are told as we age, we lose beauty. We're told as we change, we lose beauty. We're told as we become mothers, we often lose beauty. That's not in all cultures, but often we're told we become dowdy. We're told we become this, that, the other thing. And it's hard to maintain that beauty. I have done both modeling and Miss Universe when, I can't remember what year I did Miss Universe, but when I did it and I can promise you that those women are some of the most insecure women I've seen and not insecure in a judgmental way. I'm not saying, oh, insecure. I'm saying genuinely trying to chisel themselves like a statue of Michelangelo into something that they're naturally not. So the first point is that if you do not love the way you look, it does not mean that you are unattractive or it does not mean that you are bad looking because some of the best looking people I know and I've seen are the most self-critical. I used to know a psychologist that used to treat some of the most beautiful women in the world and they all have issues with how they look. And if you can hear that magpie outside, I'm recording in Australia, maybe my sound editor will make it sound better, but this magpie is a child, so it's the equivalent of a child crying. It will hopefully get addressed by its mother in a minute and zip its beak because we are talking about the first part of it and that is acceptance. Accept or not to accept. Like how do you decide which is the first step of you've got yourself, you've come to a place where you're like, look, I want to like my looks. I'm sick of thinking about my looks. Do you know how much emotional and brain bandwidth it takes to think about your looks, whether in a negative or a positive way? That is why I am here advocating that you just learn to love the way you look. Or not learn because we're about to decipher it. Are we going to accept our looks or not? Because I want you to spend your life and your time creating amazing things and doing amazing things as opposed to deciding whether your nose suits your face. So number one is acceptance. What do you accept? What do you not accept? What do you want to change? What do you not want to change? And we have to get radically realistic. We have to sit down with ourselves. If you're a person who writes, write it down. If you're a person who visualizes, visualize it. Because I think that the, the the situation is it can be broken up into two categories, okay? Category number one is your natural born features that you will from now on accept. Category number two is neglect you've done upon yourself. For example, you were really bad at looking after your teeth when you were a kid, or maybe you weren't even bad. Maybe you just, you know, hereditary, your teeth aren't very good, but you haven't gone to the dentist and you never wore braces. Maybe you have eaten really badly and you are now underweight or overweight. This is not your natural body's weight and you don't feel good in your body, okay? Maybe you don't like the fact that you've got a lot of grays and you're in your 20s. Now, it suits some people. I know a friend of mine who it suits perfectly. She looks beautiful. Suits my husband. He looks incredible with greys, okay? But maybe that's not you. Maybe you look at it and you're like, hmm, I don't have grey hair because I think I look incredible with this streak over here and like this incredible colouring, but because I've decided to put others first and neglect myself and now I just, I've, I've gotten here and I don't even know what to do. Or is it your nose? Do you come from a culture where you have a certain type of nose? I don't know. I saw this video of a guy who... And the, all the comments agreed, it was crazy. He had this amazing, like he could have been in 300. He had this amazing Greek nose from the side profile, okay? It was so masculine and beautiful, it was amazing on him. And then he went and had a surgery. So it was a side-by-side -side of him having a normal kind of American um, Zac Efron, Justin Bieber style nose. And all the comments were like, bro went from 300 about to conquer you and steal your wife to, um, Hey, can I have a soy in, in my um, latte instead of milk? It was literally that. You need to understand 
Are you going to take away from your charm and charisma with your decision of acceptance or changing, or are you going to enhance yourself? When you sit down, make that list of this is what I'm going to accept radically. For example, it could be things like your age. What are you going to do if you're 50 and you want to be 20? Nothing. You could look after yourself. You could get a facelift if you want. You could get plastic surgery and Everyone who now thinks I'm turning 50-year-olds to get a facelift, I'm not. I don't care what you do with your face. People who are 30 these days get facelifts, so I don't even know about that market. I've never looked into it. But what I'm trying to say is if you want to defy your age, you can, but you cannot change it. You can change things like your teeth. Get Invisalign. I did. I wore braces twice as a kid too. You can do all those things. But the bare minimum of acceptance is things that you know you cannot change, like your height, your nationality, You need to let go of it and radically accept it. Otherwise, you cannot learn to love how you look. Meanwhile, you need to get assertive and aggressive about the fact that you are going to change the things that you feel you've let go of yourself with, like, you know, hygiene, management of your diet, hair care. You feel like, oh my God, I've got strawberry legs. There's cures for that. You know, strawberry legs is when you get those like kind of um, skin on your legs that is like irritated. I used to get that for a while when I was younger. Or like you don't like the fact that you've got, I don't know, hairy legs all the time. This is just like radically crazy things that, um, not that hairy legs are crazy, but as like whatever bothers you. Is it because you've just let yourself go? And not in the classic, let yourself go, darling, you know, as in like, it's fixable, fix it. Or is it your natural features? Before we move on with the conversation, I wanted to pop in and say that If you're going through anxiety and depression, I can relate. I have not had depression as such, but I definitely have had anxiety postpartum when I had my son in 2020. Heck, I think most of us had anxiety in 2020, but postpartum was definitely a time for me. Millions of Americans are searching for ways to feel better, but feel like they've exhausted every option and they don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, then guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom could be a game changer. Mindbloom can help you feel better faster. Mindbloom is the leader in ketamine therapy, having helped tens of thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Mindbloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better in days, not weeks, and you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of your home. In a study of over 1,000 Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Now, Mindbloom has new programs that go beyond depression and anxiety to help you overcome challenges in everyday life. So right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com beingher and use the promo code beingher. Break free from your anxiety and depression and feel better, faster with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com slash being her and use promo code being her. Then we move on to the next layer, plastic surgery. Should you get plastic surgery? Now, understand that plastic surgery is not always for beauty and understand that when we see it online, it's not always how it looks. It's not always how it's perceived. That sometimes when you look at somebody like a Kardashian, and they have these figures that are always changing with the culture. Sometimes their butts are big, now they're small, now they're thin. It's not always because it's the most beautiful thing, but it's because they need to stay relevant in the media. Understand that for you, that is not something you need to imitate or escalate. For example, 
Michael Jackson. He was beautiful looking man. But can we say that he would have been just as popular if he didn't do everything to himself? Because an unfortunate thing about our society is we like to watch a car crash or we like to watch something unique or we like to watch something crazy. So with the Kim Kardashian body and butts that they used to have, they don't anymore. It was almost like a fascination. Oh my God, look at that butt compared to her face. Michael Jackson starts changing race. Oh my gosh, look at that. That does not mean you as a human being need to emulate that. Yes, it will give eyes to you and on you, and it will give you some kind of like validation of, look, I'm interesting, but there are many things that are interesting that you don't want to be. And the question is, where is the line? And I think the line for me, this is for me acceptance, is I want to do everything I can in order to better the real version of myself. And as I get older, I want to, or for example, not even older, for example, I am going to have my second child. If after that child, I feel some type of way about my boobs, I will get a lift because I want to see them in the way that I used to see them. And if that helps me, I'll do that. By the way, I don't know what they're gonna look like. So this is not to say that I will do that. But for me, I will do my best to maintain what it is I feel I had or emphasize what I already have, okay? So with plastic surgery, if you decide to do it, be careful not to do what that guy with the beautiful nose did and make himself the, can I have soy milk in my latte and is it gluten-free? Because you could kill your charm with your self-perception. Just because you're sold something in the media doesn't mean it's beautiful. Some of the most unique and stunning human beings are those like Linda Evangelista with a nose that's not conventional, with the lips that aren't the fullest, with something like that. They have this uniqueness and almost like a regalness and incredible look to them. Every single most beautiful woman in the world has a slight strangeness to her features. They are not perfect. Who's to say that you don't have those strangenesses in your features and they're interesting? When people close the gap in their teeth and they just look conventional, when people get the conventional nose, they look conventional. So when you sit down with yourself, be radically honest about the fact that people around you who are considered the most stunning aren't always the most like simple, plain looking people. They have unique features that everybody sees and learns to love. I think the baseline is Beauty is often about how you treat yourself, your vitality, your energy, the whiteness of your eyes, the whiteness of your teeth, your hair being glossy, your body being at the weight that it's meant to be at. All those signs are signs of health. They are signs that you've put into yourself. And then the shape of your face, cheekbones, nose, whatever, is very rarely an issue. If you have those other things down, that's why I think... Often people in their youth are celebrated because, and they said, oh, everyone looks better in their youth. Well, not necessarily. They just look better because their body hasn't been through a lifetime of how you treat yourself. Because essentially how you look is how you treat yourself or how you've been unfortunately treated or all those things. If you've got all the bushy tail and glossy eyes and all that stuff, and, and you're like a pedigree dog, then people think you're gorgeous for a really long time. Next comes the psychological part. Now that you've decided what you're changing and what you're not changing, you're, you're, what you're embracing and what you're accepting, because you can't accept everything. You need to self-better in some way, but you also can't critique the things that you don't want to critique. Now, you need to, let's say for me, when I was younger, I used to try and always wear my hair down because I thought my nose was too long. I'm not sure why I thought that as a child. Right now, 
my nose is like completely normal and irrelevant to me but I didn't like it I don't think I know I've got very Eastern European features people who are Eastern European understand how Eastern European my features are so I didn't have the kind of like upturned nose when I moved to England when I was eight years old I didn't have the same type of features Eastern European features are more rounded and as my mum says potato like I don't know what that means but you know let's run with it by the way she's Russian herself so don't worry we're not offending anybody Russian potatoes the point being, I decided to like those features. I decided to like them for many reasons that I'll go into, mainly heritage, ancestry, and some people adore Eastern European features. They love the high cheekbones. They love the more prominent features and the big eyes and things like that. So if I was to try and look at a different ethnicity or a, or a different look, I would be a pale version of that as opposed to being a good version of an Eastern European girl. You need to... Stop self-criticism and start, what is the word? Self-praise, both verbally to yourself and other people because your brain has cognitive dissonance. So if you keep trying to say something, it will find ways to make that true or find ways to make that true. It will be like, yes, she keeps saying she's ugly. Of course she's ugly. Let's find proof. That man looks at her funny. Yep, that's because she's ugly. The brain likes to be correct. So if you go around saying, do you know what? I look good today. Do you know what? I look nice today. I'm not even in a lying way, but as in you're a human being, there is a chance you look nice. There's a chance you put yourself together. There's a chance that sh the shirt suits you. Adorn yourself, look after yourself. And from that looking after yourself, you will learn to feel like you are something special because what we put into has value. That's the best way to put it. So there is no ugliness. There is just neglect and lack of self-care. But then you have how you speak to yourself. And then you have how you speak to others. Stop pointing out, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, stop pointing out the things you don't like about yourself to your friends and especially not to the people who you want to fancy you, like your lover or somebody, like your husband. Stop it. Stop saying how ugly you are. Look, once in a lifetime won't shift it, but trust and let it be known that every time someone points out something to you, you will notice it again and again and again. And the worst part is, I don't care if they notice it. Fine, let them notice it. I don't care. The worst part is you'll see the reflection of their noticing it in you. If you keep telling somebody that you're shaped like a brick or whatever it is your problem is, and then you see their eyes focusing on that because now you've manifested it and you're making them believe it, you are now reinforcing that belief. You're now seeing them see it. But if you're like, I feel really good, I'm pretty, I'm this, I'm that, People will believe that too. I've mentioned this friend of mine that actually I have this friend as an adult as well. She thinks that she looks like a supermodel and I now think she looks like a supermodel because I used to think she's an average looking woman, but she thinks that she looks like a supermodel. And even when me and my husband talk about her, we say, oh, you know, the supermodel because she thinks she looks like a super. If you saw her, you'd think she's average, but I now think she looks like a supermodel because she's told me so many times that that's what people react to her like. Not in a conceited way, but she goes, you know, like people think I look like that. I'm like, do they? Okay. And I believe it. It's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Have a self-loving attitude. It's not going to kill you. Try it. Have just a quiet self-acceptance. If you don't want to go around telling people how good looking you are, don't. Look, it's not my personality either. I never do that. But I have a quiet self-acceptance. It is what it is. And I used to have a self-deprecating attitude because I thought it was funny and because I'm British. So I'd be like, I'm this, I'm that. I don't even want to say the words I used to say. But look at me, blah, blah, blah. Because I thought that would um, make me more lovable to people and make me more vulnerable because I always got told I'm hard to approach. I am not very vulnerable and I'm not all these things. So I developed like a self-deprecating, funny attitude in order to make people like me. But if anything, you 
you just end up the same. They perceive you the same, but they just think you're a little bit less good looking than they thought before. So have a self-loving attitude. Next is you need to out-argue convictions that were given to you by probably your mom or your dad or family members. I was told as a kid things that like locked in my brain and cannot leave. Like, oh, you're not as elegant as your other friends or you're not as pretty as your other friends by a friend of my mom when she was over and I was playing with my friends in the backyard and she called me over and she said, oh, you, you really need to, you know, go to ballet classes or something because you're not as elegant as your friends there. I was seven years old. It was moments in time that are locked in your head where I'm like, boom, I'm not elegant. You need to be so careful what you say to children because it really locks in your mind. But how you can deal with it as an adult is take all those convictions that you have when your mum said, oh, why don't you just have another piece of candy, you greedy monkey. And you think greedy monkey, like, oh my gosh, I never got told that. I'm just making it up off the top of my head. But you get told that and you're like, oh my God, greedy means I'm chubby and then everybody doesn't like me and da 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 and then you develop some kind of issue around that. Look at those things and look for proof. You need to literally say brain or in my case, let's take my case where I just felt like an ungraceful Oompa Loompa that, you know, wasn't as pretty as all her other friends and, you know, was just foreign and weird. Where is the proof for that? There is no proof for that. Foreign women who are Eastern European are often celebrated on covers of magazines. Okay, so I'm not so awkward and weird. People in my adult life never tell me I'm not graceful or things like that. In fact, they constantly tell me I'm elegant. You guys constantly tell me I'm elegant and I have all these things. But now you see the way I said that I'm not elegant. I shouldn't say that because now you're going to look for ways I'm not elegant. I know you won't because you're nice people, but people don't voice those things to people because it will get reflected back to you. You need to ask your brain to find proof of that because it doesn't exist. It's just a filter that got put into your mind there to ruin how you look and how you think you look. Next is if that fails and you are at a deficit, with that, you need to be strategic and you need to go to places where you are celebrated. Notice women who love the way they look. They either live in countries where their body shape is celebrated because let me tell you, there's countries that love heavy women. There's countries that love skinny women. When they interview the men in like Japan, they're like a woman who's very slight. When they interview men in Venezuela, they're like a completely different body type. For example, I'd be very unpopular in Brazil. I know that right away. I'll tell you that right now. You need to put yourself in areas and situations and around people people that will genuinely celebrate who you are and how you look. There is a place for you. Kardashians, again, are a very good example. They go for the types of men that would find them attractive, etc., etc., and they are in the culture that celebrates them. I mean, like the TV culture of, you know, everyone likes a curvy body, so they double down on that. It's what they did. Next, your job. And let me tell you, it takes a tough, tough woman. There's a reason that models always feel ugly. And that is to be surrounded by women constantly who are beautiful is a mind bend. And I think if I'd never been in the modeling industry, never been in the acting industry, never been in these industries where I'm so harshly judged for my looks, number one, but number two, constantly being compared to other women, I would have a much higher self-esteem when it comes to my looks. If I went into the engineering profession and worked around all men, which is the most masculine, apparently, profession that there is as a male dominated, I would have felt like a superstar. Do you understand me? Because I would have been one of the only women there. And being one of the only women there, I would have been worshipped. But no, what did Margarita do? She went into modeling because somebody told me, oh, why don't you do that in Miss Universe? And I feel like the most average shoe on the rack. And that's my fault. But be wise with it. Be wise in the industries that you work in. If you have issues around your looks, 
be wary of going to female-dominated industries. And I know that's controversial what I'm saying because everyone's going to be like, no, you need to learn your, to love yourself for who you are, blah, blah, blah. I used to love reading biographies and I used to, and I read Madonna's biography when I was younger and it said at one of her parties, she said like no beautiful women or something. And I read that when I was 12 and I was like, oh my God, that's so insecure, da, da, da. As I age, I'm like, do you know what? Live your life, live your life. If you want to be the star, the no beautiful women it is. Not that I would ever say that. And I think you need to have a place for beautiful women in your life and have a self-assuredness like in your solar plexus of who you are and really looks don't make everything and all of that stuff. But if you have genuine trauma of, of how you look and it's very dramatic and it's difficult for you, then curate your surroundings. Be in places where your looks are celebrated genuinely and be around people who genuinely celebrate them and be in industries where you know, I don't know, you can work in male-dominated industries. You don't need to work as a model and compete with women because it is a competition on how you look because you come in and you have to compete with them for a role based on how you look at the end of the day. Next, if you achieve more and you be more and you become more flirtatious and sensual and wonderful and you achieve more in life and maybe you make more money, you can spend more on yourself and more on your looks. You can tweak things and adjust things like Kylie Jenner. You can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And as they say, no one's ugly. They are just poor. Have you seen that meme? Yes, you can adjust things. And also from achieving more and being more, I'm not saying doing more, just being more showing up as more in the world, more kind, more successful, whatever it is, whatever your lane is, you will amplify your looks because you will have a confidence that shines through. But this podcast is not about confidence. So I have other ones on that. The thing that's changed the most for me is the following three. Understand the uniqueness of your face. For me, it's my Eastern European features. It's understanding that they come from ancestors who looked like this, who lived through the snow and mammoths and survived it all through wars, through everything, through famines in order to be here. And I have to have some pride, some appreciation, some gratitude for these features, because these are the features of the people who made me. And what my duty is, is to amplify them, to carry them through life with some kind of pride and some kind of brilliance and some kind of, you know, with my chest forward, because this was what it is. It's what's given to me. It's ancestry, it's heritage, it's all those things. So I'll do my best with it. The second one is deleting and stopping following random hotties on Instagram. By random, I mean I don't know them. By random, I mean they're not teaching me something useful. By random, I mean I just, in some flurry of following women, two years ago must have followed her because I thought her abs look good. Listen, her abs might look good, but they are not my reality. And you need to understand the marketing machine. And often it's trying to sell you something for your weak point. You're following these gym style accounts because it's trying to sell you something. Everything is about a sales move at the end of the day or trying to make you buy into a lifestyle. And if that's not a lifestyle you currently want or can have, look at your body objectively. Are you that type of woman? No, don't follow random hot girls. Why are you following random hot girls? You know, men don't often do that because they like themselves a little bit more than we do. Last but not least, choose a man, because, you know, we talk about men here as well, that is obsessed with you and adores your type. You could literally ruin your self-perception and your whole life and trajectory by choosing a man who likes a woman with big hips and big boobs 
and an hourglass when you, my friend, are shaped like a rectangle and he is going to be looking at you. By the way, it's up, it's like for me, I think I'm shaped more like a, a triangle, like an upside down triangle. Like I've got broader shoulders and like really narrow hips. Well, not right now because I'm pregnant, but usually. And why would I choose a man that likes a completely different body? Because what you want in a partner is for him to worship you. I've always ended up dating what I call them as Russophiles. Like they love that Slavic Russian face that to me is just like whatever, but to them, it's everything. You know how I know it? When I walk with my husband down the street and I see the most stunning woman and I'm thinking, wow. And I even sometimes go, wow, look at, look at her. He's like, yeah, she's all right. Listen, she's stunning. And then I see the most average looking Lithuanian, Russian, Ukrainian, something girl. Polish girl. I'm like, oh, look, she's something, something. And I can see in his eyes, they're twinkling because they're twinkling because he's looking at her like she's something special. He's like, oh yeah, she's, she's interesting. Is she your friend? No, she's not my friend. Okay. She's not my friend. Stop looking over there. I kid, I kid. The point is I can see in his expression what he likes and not that this happens often or all the time, but I know that genuinely for him, my type is above for what to me is judged as very, very beautiful, but of another type. And you need to surround yourself with a man or people or whoever it is that you wanna date who think you are just a goddess that needs to be worshiped because they exist as opposed to fighting upstream. And it's not even fair on your partner because he might like something that's completely different to you, somehow ended up with you because I don't know, you won him over with something else and that's fine. But he's always, you're always trying to change each other. You know, you know the vibes. When I see gym bros, God bless them, I am not attracted. I even get confused when people are like, I want him six figures, six pack. I'm like, I don't want a six pack. I don't want a six pack. Because you know what that denotes in my head? Is that you've spent a lot of time at the gym getting that six pack. And to me, that is so deeply, and this is, might not be true. This might not be true. This might be like a bias. I want a man who's like, you know, Mr. Darcy or somebody who might have a good body by, pro by, by proxy of like doing some kind of hard labor or job or, you know, like the classic women fantasy. Guys will be shocked. We don't fantasize about a gym bro. Let's shut all the gyms down, in fact, because they're trying to get us to like them, but, but that's not what we like. We like the man who, I don't know, like trains horses and, you know, he's a cowboy and he's got to just jump on the back of the horse and that's why he's so fit. Anyway, I digress. The point being is that just because you think this type of chick is attractive. It doesn't mean the man that you're going to be with finds that type of chick attractive. You need to find a man who finds your type attractive because that is going to help you accept your looks. You're going to see in his eyes again how goddamn attractive you are. What an amazing looking woman you are because you are. And you can destroy how you feel about yourself just by being with the wrong person who criticizes you and sees that you're not for him. You're beautiful. I'll see you in the next one. Love you lots like Jelly Tots. Bye. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.